What is up, podcast listeners? Neil here for another episode of the Remote Local Podcast. I got my friend, Anna Trebina. How you doing, Anna? I'm doing very good, Neil. <laughs> we rehearsed the last name before, so I nailed it. Is that right? You did. You did. We did a huh, little practice yes. in there. <laughs> <laughs> so Anna and I have known each other for years. We met in Chiang Mai. I don't know if we've seen each other in other places around the world, but it's been a minute. So I'm really, really excited to have Anna on again and see what she's been up to. Good seeing you again, Anna. It's great seeing you. Yeah, it's been a couple years. I want to say 2019, 2018. <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while. Life pre-COVID, life post-COVID. I, so exactly. yeah, definitely, definitely very different. And can you give everyone a little bit about your background, just high level, and we'll dive into some personal stuff after that. Yeah, absolutely. So my entire background is uh, operations and recruitment. If we're talking about work, I mean, I started that Mm -hmm. over 10 years ago. It's been a while. So 2012. And I then transitioned into working for remote companies and then completely by accident started up my own business about four or five years ago. And now I run a recruitment agency that helps online businesses hire for executive and management roles all over the world. So that's me. (laughs) So remote first roles. Very cool. And where do you live right now? So I'm actually living in Barcelona, but that's a hard, that, that's a tough term, right? Because even though I live here, even in the last six months, I've been to at least three or four different locations. So doing the full nomad lifestyle. Still, I love it. Are you going to be posted up in Barcelona for a while? Or are you going to be bouncing around? Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually looking to get my citizenship here in a couple of years. Oh, no way. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. So I have a question for you. A lot of people listening are um, either have a local local business uh, or are aspiring local business entrepreneurs. And the concept of having a remote business is very fascinating as well. I'm curious, did you start your business specifically because it could be done remotely or you don't really care? Like, How important was the remote aspect to you and what you're doing? Well, I think my situation was a little, I would say, kind of, kind of unique in a way just because mm-hmm. I... I was already in the remote space. I was working for other entrepreneurs, doing operations, doing recruitment. As I mentioned, I really didn't expect to start a business, but because the people that I was meeting that in the networking that I was doing, a lot of people were coming to me and asking me if I could hire for their online businesses. And so that's how it became remote first, because a lot of the people that would come to me and ask for that extra help were remote first companies. So it was very naturally remote first. And obviously all my clients were all over the world, right? These were nomads or location independent business owners. And uh, that's how it happened. So it just kind of naturally was uh, with these remote companies and all online. So that's how you fell into Let's Remotivate because um, you were doing operations work, meaning were you going into companies and helping systemize it? And then were people finally like, dude, can you just hire someone for me? Is that pretty much how this started? (laughs) No, I mean, I actually got a job on Upwork working for an online business owner and I started hiring for him. And my background was recruitment right before that. I was doing international recruitment, but I was doing it out of Ukraine, sending people abroad for all kinds of exchange programs, work in the Emirates, work in Australia, work in the US. Like I was sending people Mm -hmm. all over the world, but I was doing it out of an office. And then by chance, I got this job online helping somebody with operations recruitment in the online space. And it was very interesting because it was definitely a transition 
But I feel like I was super lucky to have that transition before so many other people did. Most people had to transition yeah. during 2020, whereas I got to do it in 2017. And I picked things up so quickly. I immediately started traveling to where everybody was going to, where everybody mm-hmm. was hanging out, like all of these nomad hubs. So yeah, it was, uh, it just kind of happened. So I was doing operations for uh, different businesses, consulting for different businesses, hiring for different online specifically businesses. And then it just snowballed where I had too many clients to do it on my own. So I had to, I kind of had to start the business because there's just too many people asking oh, wow. for help hiring online. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell, tell me about Remotivate now. So how long have you been running Remotivate? So I started it around 2018. And funny enough, even the name comes from one of my travel experiences, Uh, not to go into it too too much, but I was in Ubud and I went to a Mm co-working and uh, I don't know if you've been to the Hubud. I don't even know if it's still running, but if you go to Hubud right behind the reception counter, it says re-motivate, like with a dash. And it was just like a spark moment. I'm like, this is brilliant. This is exactly what I'm going to call my company. (laughs) And within three months, I registered it as Remotivate. Like it was just, it was born in in Ubud, in Bali. Yeah. Yeah. Which which is the Nomad hotspot as well. So it's very, very fitting for what you're doing. (laughs) Exactly. So what I thought was interesting is I see a lot of people who had like, hire your first VA or like, we will help you find cheap remote team talent. That's not what you're doing with your business. Is that right? Like, who are you focused on? Who are you recruiting? What's the deal? Yeah. So uh, I think when I started, I definitely started by helping entrepreneurs with all kinds of positions. And if you ask me, mm-hmm. Anna, where do we hire for this lower end role? I can definitely give you advice and guidance on where to do that. But as I progressed in the space, I found that the biggest challenge that online business ha- business owners had wasn't so much to hire a VA, because as you said, that, that a lot of companies out there are offering that. The biggest challenge is when you hit that point where you need a right hand or somebody in a leadership or management role in the in a mm-hmm. remote company or even if it's not a remote company but you're considering hiring somebody remotely for that kind of management role that's where you ask yourself oh well how do i test this person's leadership abilities or management skills and that's where mm-hmm. i found that people really needed the most support and help it's just not something that's really popular in the space hence i really started focusing in and dialing in on that management and leadership type positions so what give me an example like what's the salary of the type of person you're recruiting for? It really just depends well it kind of two answers here. One, it depends on where we're hiring from because we do hire let's say we have people come to us and say, "Hey, we actually have an entire team in the Philippines. Can you hire a head of operations in the Philippines?" And then we have, you know, nine-figure businesses coming to us and say, "Can you hire our COO in the United States?" Right. And so Uh, a a typical head of operations, let's say in the Philippines, you could probably get at four or five thousand dollars a month. But then in the United States, you know, that's going to go up to ten, twelve thousand dollars a month. I mean, think if we're talking yearly salaries, think about anywhere between a hundred grand all the way up to like two fifty, sometimes even more, depending on the level and size of a business. Got it. But always remote first is the difference between you and the normal executive recruitment agency. Exactly. So So we are. Very different in that sense. But if people say like, hey, find me someone in Zimbabwe or find me someone in another of these 193 countries, it's got to be so difficult to figure out like what's the forum to go to on every single country, right? Doesn't doesn't the, the openness make it difficult or how, how does it actually work internally? 
Yeah, that's actually such a good question because people are like, isn't it harder when you have to hire anywhere in the world? It really isn't, right? As long as you know where to go, it's not about finding the right form. Just to give you even an example, especially right now, LinkedIn does have a setting where you can go by region, by country. And I do want to point out that right now, LinkedIn, over 50% of all the users applying to to jobs are actually applying to remote jobs. And there's a huge discrepancy between the number of candidates that are available and the number of people looking or or hiring for remote positions. It's like Mm. 13% of employers, 13 versus 53% of online applicants are for remote jobs, right? That discrepancy is huge. Millions and millions yeah. of people are looking for remote jobs. So at the, before COVID, it was slightly different. We did have to be a little bit more creative in how we found people, like whether it's social media or Upwork or other platforms. But right now, LinkedIn has just, the majority of our candidates are coming from LinkedIn. And instead of targeting a country, we can target a region or time zone. You don't need somebody in Zimbabwe. In Zimbabwe. You probably need somebody in like some, one of the time zones of Africa or Europe, right? And so yeah. you actually, yeah. So like if somebody's asking for the European time zone, we can look all the way from Europe all the way to South Africa. So the, the amount of, you know, we have a huge range of people that we can actually hunt for. So we don't have to go by country, but rather region. Got it. Okay. By the way, I have seen you post more on LinkedIn. And I was wondering what that was about. Now it makes so much sense. Of course, the people you're recruiting for are on LinkedIn. So there we go. Yes. I'm going to have to get tips from you. I've been trying to post more on LinkedIn and I'm more of a Twitter guy. So going to LinkedIn feels like I don't get it. It's kind of cringy to me, but like I'm trying to work on it. And like a lot of people who are LinkedIn are like, dude, this is so much better than Twitter. Like no one has toxic stuff on here. Do you actually, do you enjoy posting on LinkedIn? You know, what's interesting. I deleted Facebook and Instagram off of my phone and I find Twitter Mm -hmm. so cringy. I'm the opposite. I do not understand. Oh, really? I, I literally, I tried. It doesn't make sense to me. People posting half sentences. <laughs> like, what is this? Yeah. But I, I, found, I, so maybe we could share some tips on both sides. But uh, <laughs> I do find, like, I've deleted Facebook. I deleted Instagram. And the content that I'm seeing on LinkedIn is just so much more, more thoughtful, more considerate. Okay. It's just. I found that on Facebook, the things people were posting just was just like, I couldn't, I just couldn't, I, it would ruin yeah. my day. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't look at that. It is funny because Facebook and just totally get on tangent here, but Facebook, I feel like a lot of people our age and younger have abandoned the platform, right? So it's only just like on actual facebook.com. It's only um, business owners, I think, who are on there because they're in the groups. Is that what you've been seeing as well? To be completely honest, I tried launching a Facebook group you know, with four business owners. And then we ran our stuff on LinkedIn. We got so much more engagement on LinkedIn with business owners Mm. than we did on Facebook. I feel like the attention span of people on Facebook is so much shorter than it is on LinkedIn. And what you expect to see on there is so different. Whereas on LinkedIn, you're expecting to go into it from a professional capacity. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're kind of expecting what you see is what you're expecting. Whereas on Facebook, we had a really hard time engaging business owners, to be completely honest. Gotcha. All right. And so back to Remotivate, uh, I'm really curious. So the the types of people you recruit for now, a lot of people who maybe listen to this podcast or currently have their own business, don't have their own business, whatever, they're going to be recruiting probably to start with remote team talent, which is cheaper just to get going. This is an opinion question. At what stage should people be looking for kind of an executive or higher level type of person? 
do you do you have like a stage of your business like either in revenue like in revenue differs on type of business or like number of employees that they need to manage when should they be thinking about this higher level person yeah i would say it comes down to budget right when you can budget for it i mm-hmm. not this isn't so much a tangent but it is to answer your question i did a talk recently about operations when to hire an operations mm-hmm for your business. And I think there's a big misconception of what operations is. It comes in different levels. You got junior, mm-hmm. think operations specialist. You've got mid-tier, thinks operations manager. And then you have that top tier, which is like head of operations, VP, director, COO, and so on. Right. And a business needs all three levels. So you can't mm-hmm. really go from VA to COO, <laughs> right? Like you, yeah. you kind of need to be able to have each of those and go through each of those uh, throughout your business journey. So I always said that, you know, if you have an extra 500 to $1,000 in the bank that you can spare, you'd hire an opera specialist. If you have anywhere between three to 5K per month to spare, then you'd hire an operations manager. And then if you have anywhere between six to 10, obviously then you'd hire a, a head of operations or director level, right? So in terms of like, what you need, think very small from the very beginning, and then obviously growing depending on your needs. Now, in regards to company size, I think honestly, if you're at half a million and up, you should have an operations manager. And it'd be you'd find it actually interesting. But most companies I've spoken to 40 million dollar businesses that are making 40 million in revenue a year, and they don't have a head of ops or a senior level Jeez. operations manager. And I'm like, how are you running a $40 million business and don't have anybody in executive operations? Like, yeah, no, no, they don't. They really don't sleep. Like the owner is running all the operations with a little bit help on the operation. There's an operations manager, but they're again, that they're mid tier, right? And depending on the size of your business, you should be consistently leveling up and you in an ideal setup, you should have all three, somebody at admin level, somebody at day-to-day management, and then somebody at strategy and higher level, right? So you should have all three ideally in your business. And when you've looked at recruiting, so I'll give you an actionable example. For me, for me, this franchise, I'm starting to find, I'm trying to start the search right now for someone who's like a franchise success manager, someone who just owns it, is a coach, can help with operations, just like full-time type of person. Now, does this person need to have franchise experience or not? I don't really know. I'm kind of considering this. Also, what countries cater better towards certain people? Right. Like, I don't know if that's something that people ask you a lot of saying, hey, I'm, like, if, let's say it's marketing. My gut says marketing can be anywhere in the world. Someone could be good at marketing. It doesn't really matter. But if it's something like U.S. specific operations, would you recommend having someone with who lives in the U.S. versus someone in the Philippines? Or in your mind, it doesn't matter. It's only about time zone. How do you think about different types of roles and where in the world those people are located? That's a great question, actually. So a couple of things come into mind when we talk about location. The first thing, obviously, is crossover, right? Time zone and crossover. Because if you don't mm-hmm. need them to cross over with you a majority of the time, why not go into Europe, right? Because the, the okay. salaries are going to be a little bit lower. It's going to be a little bit more comfortable. Um, so that's kind of the first thing to consider. And then in regards to uh, location, I also consider management and seniority level, right? Because... At the end of the day, it's not so much marketing or operations, it's management. The higher level the manager you want to hire, the the more west you should go. I mean, it's it's not 
it's not a rule of thought. Like, it's not like, oh, that's the only thing you should do. Like you of course can find amazing managers all over the world, but I find that the higher level a company is or the higher level, the role that you need to hire for the there's more candidates as you move West. Right. So you still Hmm. can find people in Europe, but a lot less at that executive level. Whereas in the North America, there are so many people in those executive roles. It's just a much more, especially when it comes to the remote space. So it just comes down to the budget you're going for, the size of the company you're going for. But I do want to say that those two things, right, that seniority piece and the time zone crossover piece, those two, not so much marketing sales opportunities. You can find people who work for North America in Europe. I mean, so many of those people in Europe are actually working remotely for North America. So I wouldn't say it's about kind of area of business. Got it. Interesting. Okay. There you go. I was uh, just pondering as well, based off the last question of when you should hire the person. And I feel like there's two schools of thought. I always started my career with doing lower level and kind of work up. And I think like 90% of people probably do that where they say, hey, I'm going to hire someone who can help me with phones. Sick. Next, mm-hmm. I can hire somebody to help handle scheduling for me. Cool. That person graduates to ops manager. I'm still at the top. Um, and I feel like that's the very standard way of doing it. It, it logically makes sense. As your budget increases, you do that. What I've seen a lot of experienced entrepreneurs do, and of course, they have they have some money. They go top at the beginning and they work their way down. And consistently, the feedback I've seen is, I wish I just did that earlier. I wish I, I was hired top down as opposed to bottom up. But it's terrifying, right? Because you're hiring someone and you're like, I barely have any money. And I'm trying to hire someone who's five grand a month, 10 grand a month and have them work down like that. That's that's very scary. Uh, I'm curious if you have any thoughts about that statement, top down or bottom up? That is such a great question. I do have an opinion, but I also think two answers here. I I prefer, of course, a, a top down. Right, because that is the best. You're not biased at all, right? Of course, yeah. I am. I mean, I am biased because <laughs> I've seen I've seen the results not only for other people but for myself too. But at the same yeah. time, if I were four years ago, let's say I did I didn't have the finances to hire somebody at that level. But if you asked me if I ha- if I did have that money four years ago, would I or should have I, should I hire top down? I would say no. So if you're an early business owner, you need to grow into that because you need to learn Mm. to understand what needs to be done in operations and sales and marketing. You kind of need to go through that journey because when you're an experienced business owner, you have a a much deeper understanding of how to utilize that resource. But if you just Mm -hmm. had money and you're just starting your business and you hired this person, you would have no idea what to do. And I've actually worked with business owners like that, that would hire a bunch of people at eight, 10 grand. And they're like, oh, Anna, but I don't think they're doing their job. And I hired them when I was 18 years old. And now I'm afraid to fire them. And I'm uncomfortable, but I don't know what to do. I'm like, what do you t- let me go in and fire them all for you? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I can do it. Yeah. But that's, I think that's really important to understand that, yes, it is better, but you have to be aware of where you're at in your journey. I love that. In, in short, it's about the, if you have experience or not. If you're a novice business owner and you haven't developed those leadership skills in business yet, probably don't do it, right? It's going to be really, really tough to manage. But if you already, this is your second, third rodeo, you already have that experience. It makes a lot more sense. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, and how much does it cost if someone is interested to hire someone through Remotivate? 
That's a great question. So a couple of things, our main done for you service, everything from where we do job description, sourcing, vetting, interviewing, our entire done for you recruitment service starts at 6K and goes up depending on the level of the role. So we charge a fixed fee instead of a percentage. But for those entrepreneurs that are looking to hire and have a little extra help, not the full service, but let's say, oh, Anna, can you help us with the sourcing? Or, oh, Anna, we actually have a huge pipeline, but we just need the vetting. It's 50% off. So for example, if you were hiring an account manager, it's a non-leadership role, it would be 6K. But if you just needed us to do all the vetting of your candidates, it would be 3K. So it's a very affordable service. It's much cheaper than most recruitment agencies are are charging. Even our full service is usually under 10% of a yearly salary, if you calculate it, where most recruitment agencies are doing 15 all the way up to 30%, depending on the level of the role. So it's quite affordable and a lot of support. Yeah, very cool. And uh, for anyone listening, if they're interested in Remotivate or just want to contact you and talk about Barcelona, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So a couple places, they can go to our website, letsremotivate.com. And if they book a call, it would go directly to chat with me. Uh, Of course, if they are a candidate, it would lead them to the job board. So it just depends on what they're looking for. If they want to reach out to me directly, Anna at letsremotivate.com. And uh, my LinkedIn, I'm not going to try to spell out my full name here. (laughs) thing but my linkedin is also a great way to contact me as it is the only social media platform i'm using at the moment there we go i will post all of those links in the show notes as well anna thanks so much for hopping on yeah absolutely thank you for having me neil it's great